All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So, Mr. Davis, let's jump into the big story this week. And it's going to be mostly about Microsoft. Yes, it's been a little while since so we focused on Microsoft and focused on Windows. So we thought we'd make one sweeping pass through Redmond, Washington. The first thing we wanted to talk about is Windows 12 is probably coming out in 2024. At least Intel Corporation thinks so. This is something which has been rumored for a little while. We've talked about it on this show. But specifically, there was a quote from Intel CFO David Zinzer saying that he thinks that there's going to be a Windows refresh coming in 2024. Everyone's going to have to go out and buy a new computer to get to Windows 12 because it's going to have AI native inside it. And if you think your computer that you've been running Windows 10 is going to support any of this, it's not. If you want the Windows 12 and all the things it's going to do, you're going to be buying new hardware. And Intel's excited about that. Yes, they are. Something else about Windows 12 is that it may require a subscription. There are some leaks which suggest that it's not just going to be the, the buy it once, or in the case of Windows 10, buy it nuns, but you could be having to pay for it in a variety of different ways. In the past, when you went down to the big box store and bought that PC or you ordered it online, whatever, and it came with Windows loaded, well, the computer manufacturer, they paid for that Microsoft license and they installed Windows for you. And then they they included the price of that license into the cost of the computer. Well, the rumor is that with Windows 12, there won't be an upfront cost for Windows. So it'll save you 50 to 100 bucks, whatever Microsoft has been charging. Then you will have a recurring monthly charge for your Windows experience. Which feels very Microsoft. They love that small little recurring revenue. That is very much their business model. But the bigger thing is that it would potentially allow them to offer a free version of windows that's ad supported and this is fascinating because just last week we heard the comments from the ceo of microsoft talking about how he thought that windows and office were good products until he saw search and saw how much money that google was making in search by selling ads and so all of a sudden 
if you have an entire operating system collecting data and the ability to show ads there, oh, the potential for revenue is very, very juicy. So to take it to the next level, all of a sudden, maybe your Office 365 account or your Microsoft 365 account. Now, maybe there's a free version of that instead of the $12.50 a month for the business basic. Maybe it's a free version, but you get ads all across your Office environment and your Windows environment. And, oh, God, that just makes me nauseous. Oh, I agree. I think that it is... Uh, terrible to think about you're going to just choke everything out it's going to be a significantly worse experience but that's where we're moving ads everywhere all the time that's the future of the internet i was more thinking about businesses as they're buying new computers and we're going to have to now sell them another set of Microsoft licenses, licenses for their Windows environment, for the desktops or for their laptops that they're going to be using. And that's just going to be a whole nother set of SKUs from Microsoft that anybody in the IT industry is going to really learn to hate. Speaking of changes that people are learning to hate from Microsoft, Microsoft had plan to change the way that OneDrive worked. So every time you had a copy of a photo, you would get charged towards your data limit. So if you had one copy of the photo in your general gallery, and then you also had it in your holiday section, and you also had it in me and the significant other section, Microsoft would say, well, that's three different photos. That counts three different times towards your data cap. Which May not sound like much, but if it's a really nice picture and say it's a, it's a meg, instead of having one meg, now that's three megs and you have a hundred pictures and you've scattered them all over the place multiple times, that can add up pretty quickly and chew up your available space. But Microsoft is kind of playing loose with the facts on this one. So the reason why this is a absurd change to make is that this is not how Microsoft would actually store the data. So whenever you have a copy of a item, a copy of a document, a copy of a photo, a copy of a video or whatever, Microsoft is not going to sit there and actually make three different copies of it and save it in three different places. They're going to make one copy of it and just have three different pointers to it so that wherever you're looking, you're just going to be seeing that picture, but they're only going to, on the back end, have it one time in their servers. And so that's why this is especially an egregious behavior from Microsoft, why they received a tremendous amount of backlash and ultimately they caved. When Microsoft realized, oh, people actually care about this and started to push back. Well, Microsoft took the, the opportunity to do the right thing and, and to not go forward with that plan. Yeah, you really don't get a whole lot of applause from me on this one. You had a terrible idea. You made a lot of people angry with it and you chose to not do your terrible idea. That's it. <laughs> There's no brownie points for that. Well, another Maybe not so good idea is if you're somebody who sends out a tremendous amount of email 
the Microsoft 365 has been sending out notice notifications to the admin saying, hey, look, Google is changing their anti-spam rules. You better set up some stricter parameters and also set up some email authentication for your domain or things are just not going to go through. This is, it makes sense uh, from the system level. Google's putting in new anti-spam rules. They want to make sure that's the things they're laying through are the things that people want to be seen. And so Microsoft is saying, hey, look, make sure that you have checked the box that says I am a real person. Otherwise, you're going to start getting caught in the net. So if you're somebody who sends a, a lot of bulk email, it might be a good idea to use one of the delivery services. Or if not, if you're if you still want to do it yourself, you need to make sure you don't exceed sending limits. You don't do really high volume without registering advance who you are, where you're sending, those kinds of things. Make sure your domain name does not get blacklisted because if it does, your email is just not going to go anywhere. This is the price that we have to pay. This is what security looks like whenever we have all the scammers and all the people who are going to send out as much junk as they possibly can. This is what it takes to keep ourselves safe and, and not have to sit there and read a 500 spam emails every day. You have to make sure that you register or go through the proper channels. Another thing Microsoft has decided to do is to no longer make Windows 10 upgrades free. Uh, technically, this first happened in 2016. Windows 10 has been out for a long time now. And Microsoft originally threatened back in 2016 that that's whenever the free upgrades from 7 or 8 would end. But they didn't. No, they wanted everybody off of Windows 7. For the few people who ever saw Windows 8, they wanted you off of Windows 8 as well. And everybody went to 10. And 10 was a great operating system. Still is a great operating system. But if you're still running Windows 7, and God, I hope you're not, you're going to have to pay. And it's about 100 bucks to get a, an upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10 if you, that's what you wanted to do. We actually, at this point, recommend just go to 11. And if you're still on Windows 7, hold out. Wait till Windows 12 because buy the new PC sometime next year and make that five system jump. Or I guess only four systems because they didn't, never released nine. But yeah, jump straight from 7 to 12 because you can't go to 10 anymore. And jumping to 11 from 10 is free. So my guess is that. Microsoft will still have some free pathways forward in the future. Gonna make sense to to keep upgrading and to keep advancing. That's the goal is not to stay on Windows 7 or 8 or even 10 forever. And not everybody can upgrade for free from Windows 10 to Windows 11. On the processor, there's a little thing called the TPM. And if you have TPM 1.0 on your processor, you cannot run Windows 11. You have to have TPM 2.0. And so if you're wanting to go to Windows 11 or Windows 12, you're going to have to go get all new hardware. If you're running Windows 7, you cannot upgrade to Windows 11. You cannot upgrade to Windows 12. You will need new hardware. Because my guess is that machine is close to 10 years old. If you're still running Windows 7, Windows 8, you need new hardware anyway. But now that there's a hard line that says you need new hardware, it's not just that 
soft, you really need to. This is a, you will not be able to. Because if you're running Windows 7, your computer is considered compromised. You're not getting any support, any kind of patches. And those who are out there on the internet doing nefarious things, thank you for running Windows 7. Moving on to Windows 11, there's some pretty cool features coming out, and one of them is Copilot. Yes, Windows Copilot is going to be a free thing for now. It's a trial version, but you have to be on Windows 11 to get it. It gives you the ChatGPT 4.0, so it's the most up-to-date of the, of the large language models. You can ask it all kind of great questions, and it'll give you very specific answers. And it's it's really kind of cool. I've been using it for quite some time and really like Copilot. And we're going to get more into Copilot here in just a few minutes. There's some other cool things inside of it. There's more native passkey support. They have the optical character recognition and the SNP tool. They are advancing Windows 11. It's slowly getting to the point wherever I would consider upgrading. Although at this point, I might just hold out for 12. Unless you really want 11 because you really want some specific feature, like you want Copilot, okay, get get 11. If you're not excited about Microsoft Copilot and, and need the app that shows up down on the tool tray and you just want to go to the, the Bing website and, you know, using Microsoft Edge, you can get the same thing there. That's actually how I make use of the Bing chat is that you know, I do almost everything in Chrome, and then my Edge homepage is the Bing Chat and the Bing Image Creator, which are both incredible tools. I have started using them, started building them into my workflow. They're very powerful, and I definitely recommend them. And so my question is, is how good is Copilot? Is Copilot really able to bring to bear all of this power, or is it still right there on the bubble? Okay, so Microsoft is going to be releasing several different versions of Copilot. And Copilot is the artificial intelligence that is going to be built in. It's the chat GPT that is part of Windows or part of your office. But it's, again, which version? If you have Windows Copilot, that's the free version. If you have Microsoft 365 Copilot, that's going to be... A very expensive thing. That's going to be about $30 per user per month in addition to your Microsoft 365 license that you have now. The Microsoft 365 Copilot is designed to read and learn everything just inside your tenant. So if you have techgumbo.net and you have multiple people using Microsoft 365, the tenant is the techgumbo.net. So if you have multiple employees, Copilot is going to know, okay, you're the CEO, you get to see this. You're a frontline employee, you only get to see this. The HR director gets all of this. The CFO sees these. And so Copilot's going to learn what you can see and what you can do, and it's going to help you just generate information and reports and those kinds of things, read your emails, do summaries of Microsoft Teams meetings and those kinds of things. It's going to be great. That's the promise ultimately of Microsoft 365 Copilot. So yeah, there's the Microsoft Copilot, which is just Bing chat, but the 365 Copilot, that's the one wherever it can sit there and it can read through all of your Word documents, all of your Excel documents. It can turn those into PowerPoint documents. It can read through your Teams documents and turn that into an email and Outlook. 
that's you know what Microsoft is selling here is that this is the thing which we've been envisioning. This these are the tools that we've been talking about. That you know whenever we first started looking at ChatGPT a little under a year ago, we said it'd probably take about two years for them to hit corporate grade. We're at about year one and they're getting rolled out. And my guess is that they're not going to be perfect when they first launch. That it's going to take Microsoft some time to sit there and really polish it and really get the, the features in the way that people want them. And people sit there and learn the features because it's going to take some time for people to just understand the power of this. Much like whenever you plop Excel in front of someone for the first time, they can sit there and they can do, okay, I, I can put in some numbers and get to add all them up. But Excel is a wildly powerful tool that takes months or years to get really proficient at. My guess is that the Microsoft 365 Copilot is going to be that same very easy introduction, but the sky is the limit on it. One of the things that Microsoft 365 Copilot will not do is see the outside internet. It will not be able to go find, if you're building a PowerPoint presentation and you want a picture of a lion and a tiger and a bear to put in there, if you don't already have the lion, tiger, and bear as somewhere on your Office 365 account in your OneDrive or your SharePoint, it's not going to know what that is. It's not, not that it doesn't can't find it. It won't know what a tiger is. It'll only know what it's learned about your system. So that's when you would have to use the Windows Copilot, which will read the entire internet and go find the picture of the lion, the tiger, and bear. And now you're just going to integrate the two together. So Copilot is going to be doing a whole lot of different things over time. Yeah, that feels, I get kind of why they would do that. Because as a business, I feel more certain that my data will stay secure to my business. That if this thing never goes and crawls across the internet, there's no way that it's accidentally going to leak my documents. And so you have this hard break between the two. I get the thought process there, but just as the user, as the the person who's going to sit down and being in the middle of all this, that's just going to be frustrating because then I'm going to have to remember, oh, no, this is a, a thing and I have to go to the other one and, and come back and forth between the two of them. And then Microsoft's probably going to build some wraparound to integrate the two. It's It sounds like it's going to be a mess. You're just going to make your, your end user life harder, you know, for the amount of time that they continue to exist. But this is incredibly powerful. The things that it's going to be, that it's promising to be able to do one of them is from Outlook. It says, write an email that sounds like me. And whenever you can sit there and start to replace people like that or, or duplicate people like that, you're, you're breaking new ground here. If you want to, if you, let's say you're the director of sales and you've got 25 salespeople in three different states and you want to be able to go pull together all of their sales numbers and create a forecast, you can do it instantly instead of having to spend all the time that you would normally have been doing pulling all this information together. Now it's just quick. Here's your here's report. Build me a, a PowerPoint and and give me the, the five bullet points that I need to cover in the meeting with the CFO and the board here coming up. Go. And it'll instantly do it for you right in front of your eyes. 
This is really fascinating. I cannot wait to see it in action. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.